It is a beautiful day here in Colorado. How are you doing, Lindsay? I am doing fabulous. How are you doing? I am good. We are very excited. Today <laughs> is the first time we're going to do our Talk to Your Partner episode. Woohoo! We're kicking it off. Yes. We're excited about this one. This is how we're going to engage with you guys and how you're going to engage with your partners. So we're stoked. Today we're going to talk about one, WTF is TTYP. <laughs> Um, we're talking about what is talk to your partner. We're going to talk about the cadence. And if you want to participate, some of our suggestions for how to go about this. Then secondly, we're going to go ahead and dive into our first topic to talk to your partner about. But in the meantime, here's the intro. <laughs> Welcome to Love Beyond Belief, the podcast that's all about real talk on relationships without the religious spin. Whether you're swiping right, planning forever, or you're already knee-deep in married life, we've got your back. Beyond religion. Beyond tradition. This, this is Love, Love Beyond, Beyond Belief. Belief. So uh, this past weekend, we did something new. What did we do? We went cross-country skiing. How did you feel about that? I How? don't like it. You don't like it? No. Oh, don't say that. Our friends are going to listen and they're going to hear and they're going to be sad. It was fine. Um, what don't I, you like about it? To me, it felt like I was running, which I also don't like. Well, we went with some like professional runners. <laughs> <laughs> this is like their winter running activity. <laughs> it's fine. It was really, really pretty. Um, I just, I felt very uncomfortable. I'm used to downhill where I'm strapped in and I can turn. I just felt like I was at the mercy of the mountain with this one. But that's well, probably how you feel most of the time. <laughs> yes. So I am petrified of downhill skiing. I had a little ski accident my first year skiing, which was fairly recently. I didn't start skiing until my late 20s, um, whereas Cole started his skiing journey at an early age. So um, he's way more experienced and he was my ski instructor. <laughs> <laughs> and I got in a bad skiing accident my first year. Relationship advice is hire an instructor. <laughs> <laughs> Don't try to do it yourself no, that's and save the $100 or whatever it costs. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, I, I really enjoyed cross-country skiing. I, you know what I like about it? It feels like you're flat on the ground. <laughs> it was very, very pretty. It was gorgeous. You're going to do it again. Though. We'll do it again. You'll did, do it again. I did just buy stuff to do it. So now I have to. <laughs> so you couldn't have had that bad of a time. <laughs> We're just going to have to get our cardio up to hang with our friends. Yes, most definitely. I think that was the bulk of it, but okay. So, so speaking of cross country skiing, we were out there probably four hours and we were talking the whole time. I love doing stuff like that. That is one thing that I really do like about hiking and some of the less intensive sports is I feel like it's our kind of escape to nature and we get to have longer conversations without like phones and distractions and stuff like that. So Lindsay did a little bit of research into intentional conversations. What is normal for couples? And I found it very interesting. Yeah. So I did a little bit of research because I was curious, you know, as you're moving from that dating stage to being in a longer term relationship, how often are you having those deeper, more intentional conversations with each other? And there was a study done in Britain 
um, that found that the longer couples were in a long-term partnership, the less they had to say to each other over the course of an hour-long meal. Yikes. Yeah, yikes. (laughs) (laughs) So let's break this down a little bit. Couples who are first dating, out of that 60-minute hour, 50 minutes of that is filled with conversation. Yes. So whether it's just filling the air with get to know you type stuff. Yeah, get to know you type banter. They are making sure that they are filling the air with whatever it may be. So immediately after a couple gets married, the study found that there's a downward trend that kicks in with the time that's spent dropping to around 40 minutes per hour. Mm. And then 20 years into that partnership, the average couple talks for about 21 minutes out of the hour, 30 years in around 16 minutes. And after 50 years of being in a relationship with an individual, can you just throw out a wild answer of how long the couples are talking at dinner together? I'm going to say I find it very improbable to be less than 15 minutes. Okay. Well, it is under 15 minutes. No way. Yeah. <laughs> 10 minutes. <laughs> Wrong. Okay. So it's- No a, way. Yeah. No, seriously. It's an astounding three minutes. You have to talk out. about at least what you're going to eat. No, it's literally like <laughs> they order and that's it. That's the extent of the conversation. <laughs> Oh my God. They're like, are you going to get the cheese fries or the onion rings? This is like, uh, you could chart this like radioactive decay on the relationship. (laughs) (laughs) That really troubled me when thinking about spending the rest of your life with this one individual. How do we create intentional spaces for conversation where you're not in this state of mundane, where you don't have anything to talk about besides, you know, the kids or work or gossiping about your friends? Yeah, I guess that's what's so interesting to me is it seems like the the longer you're together, the more important things that you do have to talk about. One would think, but... Alas, here we are. <laughs> so I think it's it's really easy for couples to open up for one another when things are really cheeky and going well. So, you know, you can celebrate the happies in life, like getting a job promotion or talking about that hiking trip that you took with your friends or even, you know, new experiences like a first hot yoga <laughs> experience yeah. and how that made you feel. But I think, you know, things get really tricky when we're focused on planning ahead for things in our relationship. We start to get in that paralysis state and that state of avoidance. <laughs> things like deciding if you want to renew your lease or we need a savings budget for this Italy vacation that we've been talking about for five years. Right. Who's going to initiate how we're going to budget for that vacation or even practical things like, you know, where is my kid going to go to school? next year. Yeah. I actually see this a lot with my parents because they're so, I guess, caught up in like work and their day to day that when they get off, kind of all they want to do is, you know, watch TV or, or be entertained. And, um, I remember last year they were up here and they were planning this whole Colorado trip and they were actually already here (laughs) and they didn't even have hotel rooms or campgrounds reserved because they didn't want to do any of the work beforehand because it was just too much for their schedule. So I can, I can totally see that. However, how much more stressful is it to plan all of that stuff in the moment or to not have any plan at all when you have, you know, so much time leading into it that you could have just got it done over dinner. Yeah. I mean, I'm very type A 
Mm-hmm. And yeah, <laughs> extremely type A. So that concept really scares me of not having a, <laughs> a who, what, where, when, why plan of what we're going to do on a vacation scenario. Yes. I think some other things too, stressful situations, having to communicate through those and kind of problem solve on the fly. Things like, you know, you had a manager at one time whose dog kept eating clothes because he was super anxious. <laughs> I don't know if you want to talk yeah, about that. He had, <laughs> yeah, the dog had separation anxiety. And so um, he would come home and the dog would eat like entire sweaters and <laughs> towels and stuff that like smelled like the family. It was actually really sad. sad. It bummed me out. And it was, it was basically because their oldest boy had gone off to college. And so the dog was like there alone all day. Um, it really bummed me out, but it's like he and I didn't really talk that much, but you know, when something's going bad, it's just chatterbox. Like people really do like to talk about negativity for whatever reason. I, it's yeah. something that's innate. And I think most humans, yeah. And then I think probably, especially for me, the hardest thing is to confront character flaws in Mm. somebody that, you know, and this is for people who you're looking to build relationships with. So thinking friends, family, partners, you know, having to point out things that maybe they're not noticing, but they're continuing down this pattern and it's irking you and you can let that silently build up and explode, which we see happen to a lot of people in our lives, or you can address it head on. As soon as you recognize within yourself that it's bothering you, I think of things like simple chores, like washing your bowls in the sink, Mm -hmm. you know, a plus for washing the bowl, but can we do the (laughs) extra step of putting it in the dishwasher? So having that conversation, so you're not just seething inside when those predicaments are coming up. Yeah, I totally hear you. It's really difficult to call people out and it's really not even calling people out. It's just letting them know that what they are doing is annoying because like they're obviously doing that for a reason. It doesn't bother them, right? Yeah. Um, It can be very awkward if you're not used to having those conversations, but it does get to that tipping point where it's, you know, you have a friend maybe that does seven or eight things. Maybe they snore one night when you're like spending the night or whatever. And that just absolutely does it to where the next morning you're like, I'm literally cutting this person off. (laughs) It's not their fault that they snored. And then all the other things they were doing, they had no idea that that bothered you. So, you know, ultimately whose fault is that? I guess, is it, is it your fault for never bringing it up or is it their fault for snoring and not putting the dishes away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So we're here to help kind of talk through how we can have those conversations more regularly with people that we love in our lives. I know we're namely focusing on partners, but I think a lot of these exercises can be helpful for other close relationships in our life to make sure that we're being open and honest and not tiptoeing around some of those subjects that can build and build and build and then implode. What are some things that we see in some of the you know tertiary relationships that are around us pertaining to that? I think a big one is avoidance. Mm-hmm. So you can tell when certain people may have tried at maybe an early point in their relationship to have that serious conversation of, hey, it bothers me when you don't pick up the clothes in the room. Maybe that person had never been confronted in a previous relationship or had parents that allowed them to have messy situations and just let it be a very laissez-faire situation. And that was never nipped. And so they might react very defensively. It results in a giant, you know, knockdown, drag out argument that could have been just 
talked through <laughs> at a normal, normal tone of voice. And, you know, one person expresses their feelings, the other person expresses theirs. And then we work on, okay, well, you like to be a little bit messy. So maybe every Wednesday or every evening we work on putting our clothes up. But in the mornings, I know you're rushed, so we can leave our clothes out and I won't say anything. Yeah, It's coming to those compromise positions. That's really important. And I think the longer you work on healthy communication within your relationship, the easier that becomes. But if you're receiving negative feedback for the first time, you may not know how to approach that situation. Yeah. One of the things that I've noticed is that a lot of these things get amplified when you're in a stressful situation from something else. And so one of those is when you're over at a friend's house and, you know, something that might not have bothered them before they're stressed because there's people over and then they jump all over their partner in front of people because it's like, why didn't you do the dishes? Or, you know, maybe the dog got into something. You or forgot got, to chill the wine. Yeah. It's <laughs> these like petty things that when you're, when you're a guest in someone else's home, you're like, I don't, I can't imagine them like getting onto each other like this when they're home alone. But it's like the amplification of people being over mm -hmm. just creates like a high stress situation. And then they blow up on something that they would probably let slide any other time. Yeah. So I, I do believe that com a compromise is very important. How do you compromise? Uh, how do you start with that conversation? What would be the tactic there? Sometimes I think it's hard to get started, but what's important is carving out time every week mm -hmm. to sit down and have those real intentional conversations and being able to vocalize if you're feeling uncomfortable by an action that your partner's doing, or if you want to even express a happy that happened, like making sure they know exactly how you're feeling and they're able to help adapt and shape their actions in the relationship. Yeah, I think that's a good point. Um, one of the things that I believe in in almost all aspects of my life is positive reinforcement. So even if you feel like things are going really well and everyone's happy, still create time to say, I really like when you did this this week, or I really appreciate when you did that this week. That can actually be a lot more beneficial than what we were talking about earlier about addressing concerns and problems and things like that. So right now we're kind of getting into the overarching goal of this talk to your partner segment. So what, what our goal here is, is we want to start communicating with our partners and creating time for those conversations. Basically, you want to create time, clear headspace, consider it, you know, like you would do a workout or build a muscle, right? It's that yeah. same thing. You're building that communication just like you're building muscle. It is a muscle memory. Yeah. And it's the same thing with meditation. Mm. Um, it's really, really hard to meditate for five minutes if you've never done it before. It's really hard to block your day out. And this is kind of like meditating with your partner in a way that you're focused. You're not letting your daily life get in between you. Um, and, and we really do feel like that's super important. Yeah. So the overarching goal of Talk to Your Partner is to create this time. And then today we're going to go ahead and start with the first one, which kind of links into creating this time. So our first one is what we've kind of already gotten into. It's those minor things that have just gone unsaid because we haven't created time to say them. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. <laughs> and I think talking about setting an intentional space is so important. So let's use Cole and I, as an example, we work <laughs> eight hour days at our day jobs and it 
is usually pretty strenuous mentally on meetings and calls all day, having to be strategic, using a lot of brain power. And I feel very often drained after work. And then on the weekends, we're usually meeting up with our friends, going on hikes, trying to get outside, doing fun things. And so on the weekends, we don't typically like to have those more difficult conversations unless you know, there are extenuating circumstances where we have to address certain things that are happening on the fly. Like we talked about. <laughs> yeah, I remember specifically probably the first time that we ever really talked about this was I had been laid off and you were still working and I was home all day, not doing anything. And so, you know, I had all this stuff that I wanted to talk to you about. I was looking at different jobs. I was saying, what if we did this? What if we moved here? What if we did all this stuff? And you're still in your working headspace. I think one day I came in and I was super excited about something dumb. And you, at the time you like snapped at me a little bit because you were having a really stressful day at work. And I think you felt bad because it's like you wanted to devote attention to me because you could tell I was excited. But at the same time, you had all the stuff that was due in a couple hours. And so that night we sat down and we talked about, I said, when I want to talk to you or when you want to talk to me about things, relationship things, when would you like me to come to you with that stuff? Because I know you don't want it during the day. I know you don't want it on the weekends when we have plans. So let's think about when that that would be most beneficial to both of us. Right. And that's kind of when we came up with our walk. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So after work, we both drop everything and put our phones away and lasso up the dogs. And (laughs) we go for an hour walk around our neighborhood. And back in Texas, we would walk around the suburbs. And sometimes we would go to different trails that we liked if we needed a change of pace, if I was really feeling cooped up. And we still do that now in Colorado. We have certain trails that are like, you know, 13 to 15 minutes away from our home. And if I'm just like, hey, I cannot fathom bumping into a neighbor today (laughs) and having small talk because like I've had a really heavy day. Can we go to, you know, X trail and just walk and talk. That is the most clarifying part of my day because we're able to, even though we live in the same space and we're coexisting and we're usually eating lunch together, I am usually making lunch with you, but then going and eating lunch at my desk or taking calls while shoveling food down my mouth. (laughs) Um, So this is truly our time to connect and say, Hey, how was your day? How are you doing? What happened that was good? What happened that was bad? And I think it's important to talk about the happies and the sads (laughs) 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 because that's life, you know, and we have to be able to spend that's life. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And as funny as it may seem, uh, even though we just got off work, we are sort of working our time into our fitness goals because Mm. we both do workouts separately. Usually it's really hard to find time that matches for that. And we also do a lot of different stuff (laughs) in our workouts. Um, but we still have our walking goal and we both have like Apple watches and stuff. So I got to get those steps in. Got to get the rings, close the (laughs) rings. Um, but this is combining it. So it's not, you know, I, I know people, cause I felt this way about journaling. I felt like if I take 20, 30 minutes a day to journal, my brain just saw that as a waste of time Mm -hmm. because I wasn't accomplishing anything necessarily. It was like too esoterically linked to like actual 
progress in my, in my brain. I don't see it as that anymore, but at the time I did. And so like combining this, which is, is kind of hard to see direct benefit for a little bit, maybe combining it with working out, which you do see the direct benefit in your body that has really made it seem it's made it a lot more useful to me and it's made it a lot more palatable. Yeah, for sure. And also when you're outside for a walk, not only is that good for boosting your serotonin levels, but you know, you have those distractions as well. Like you could be having a hard conversation and then we see a woodpecker. (laughs) We get to (laughs) admire the woodpecker for 30 seconds together. And that's like a happy moment in the midst of maybe a tough conversation. So that's a really beautiful thing for us. The point is, is pick your time, decide your time together, what works for both of you. And stick to it, just like all good habit. Yes. Stick with your habit. All right. So let's get started on how we're going to outline shaping goals for this exercise within your own individual relationship. So I guess step one is after listening to this podcast, if your partner is not also listening to the podcast, lame, they should. (laughs) Um, Pod up. Subscribe directly to the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Make sure to loop them in to the monthly theme of the Talk to Your Partner episode. Yes, Um, there is nothing worse than being blindsided by your partner of them going on something like, hey, I'm going to be vegan and I'm throwing out all of our cheese. (laughs) And then you just feel caught in that moment. (laughs) It's true flight or fight. (laughs) (laughs) They're going to fight you, so watch out. (laughs) Um, And then like we've just talked about and probably bold, highlighted, underlined, italicized, define your cadence with your partner. That's the most important thing is sticking to this ritual and creating that space together. So for some of you, maybe having one long conversation each month might be a better scenario. I know y'all are busy. You're busy. You're busy. You got stuff to do. You're busy. But you can find an hour to two a month, probably. (laughs) (laughs) yeah if you can't let me know why (laughs) i want to know what you're up to (laughs) um probably what we do yeah we do like a little chunk every day having sometimes lighter conversations sometimes really digging in but what you could do is pick a few questions prompts per se, Mm -hmm. and discuss them on a weekly basis Mm -hmm. and get through those prompts and then, you know, check off this topic as something that you've covered together and, you know, articulate what your learnings are. And I know we talked about journaling. Journaling is actually something that Cole and I have recently gotten into a morning journal exercise. And I know for some of you, it might sound a bit hokey, but I grew up journaling and it was a great way to kind of have this private space to have a form of self-expression. And back then journaling was called having a diary. (laughs) And I do miss that. (laughs) So bring it back, bring back the adult diary. And, you know, as you're working through these exercises, maybe the first conversation you have is tough. Yeah. Because it's new and you don't know where to go with it. Mm-hmm. Log how you feel. If Writing you feel- it down, it makes it so much easier to align your brain to the whole day. I'm saying I'm devoting the whole day in all my free time instead of thinking about XYZ, laundry, whatever. It's like all my free time is spent aligned on this topic because I defined it 
in the morning. And mm-hmm. that's the whole point of the morning journal. Um, I just wrote one about sort of, uh, I guess, your monsters or your demons from your past, actual people. Um, and I, I, you know, I didn't write that much in the morning, but I actually thought about it so much that I came back at night and wrote more about it, about people that I felt like have affected me negatively in mm-hmm. the past. Um, and then, you know, I'll go in the next day and do the opposite. I'll do people that have affected me positively. And it's really interesting to see what happens when you actually define those topics, because I don't I don't know if people really dig for stuff like that that often. Yeah. So and you can define it and then you can reflect even further the next day and say, how did it make me feel bringing up those old demons again? So we can get more into subjects like that at a different time. I think our big theme for this month is the blunder bunker. (laughs) It's a little cheeky. What's the blunder bunker? The blunder bunker (laughs) is a space that you create with your partner to have honest conversations about mistakes that you made. And these can be big things. These can be small things. It's kind of like a confession period. You are casting judgment aside and you're letting your partner who you are spending the most intimate days of your life with be vulnerable with you and not feel like they have to keep secrets from you because of the fear of judgment. Yeah. So, you know, I know communication is that sticky glue that holds us both together, right? Yes. We're two independent people. We have to create some sort of bridge to connect our two independent bodies. Yes. (laughs) And communication is that for us. Here's the deal. When you keep secrets, no matter how small, they hurt that bridge. They can even burn that bridge. Yeah. You know? They're chipping away at it. Yeah. So today... I think we want to talk about feeling safe, admitting that you messed up, no matter how little it is. It can some of these things we're about to talk about might seem really silly, really little, but it is true. Like straw that broke the camel's back. A lot of this stuff. Um, We used the example earlier of, you know, a partner blowing up on someone that it just doesn't even compute how you can be that mad about something. (laughs) But there's obviously all this baggage. Been festering. And it's been festering. So um, my little funny story anecdote. (laughs) is I'm in first grade. You know, we're standing out in front of the school. I turn, my mom's driving up. I turn to my teacher and I say, love you, mom. (laughs) (laughs) This is a true story. And did she say, yeah, how'd you know you're my son? (laughs) (laughs) Well, it was awkward because I was a child and I didn't know how to interact with that. (laughs) If that were to happen to me today uh, to a friend, that would probably be a friend defining moment. That's a really funny story. Like, remember when you called me mom? <laughs> like at the office. <laughs> Did you ever go up to someone in the grocery store and like hug them and be like, hi, mom. And then it's just a stranger. <laughs> I did. I did one time. I like reached up and grabbed the lady's hand <laughs> as she was walking away because I did. It was like the aisle over from my mom and she started walking away and I was just following her. And then I saw her face and I just screamed. I was just, <laughs> Who the hell is this? Um, but anyway, my point is you ruined her self-esteem. <laughs> My point is, is like, that is a very funny slip up if you treat it like a funny slip up. Oh, ha ha. I, uh, I dropped this thing and it broke. That's kind of funny. If you look at it funny, it can also be really annoying and cause a huge fight. It depends on how you handle things like that. You know what I mean? I know you didn't mean to break 
X, Y, Z. I know you didn't mean to dye the clothes that I had bought in Japan pink uh, three weeks after we got back. Oops. It's kind of funny and I still wear them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I mean, I think it's important to talk about these oopsie moments when your partner approaches you with like, a, oh, I really effed up. It means that they are comfortable enough to try and patch things up and they're acknowledging their faults, which is self-aware, which is super important. Mm. You know, bravo for being self-aware. self-aware. Wow. wow. <laughs> Honestly, moment, moment of silence for self-awareness. <laughs> <laughs> Me starting a conversation with babe, I have a confession to make is way better than you finding out about what I did right without me coming to you. Yeah. I think that's a universal truth. Basically. Mm. Um, I don't think that you can come to that person and say, babe, I have a confession. Make you can't be mad at me. <laughs> I think that's the wrong way to approach. Yeah. However, it's good to acknowledge that there is effort being put in. In the state of vulnerability. Yes. And yeah. that they're not trying to hide things from you. I think that's step one. Yeah. So here's a confession. Okay. I was at Sonic. I got a Route 44 trail I made. I backed Did you out. get me one? You weren't around. <laughs> 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 I was backing out and I turned too sharp and I took the rear view mirror off the side of the car because I hit the menu. Okay. <sighs> I didn't tell you about it. I went and parked it in the garage overnight. And then when you got into the garage the next morning to go to work, you found it. Oh boy. Or I hit the menu at Sonic. <laughs> I gave you a call hands-free because we're safe. <laughs> and I say, hey, guess what happened? I just hit the thing on the thing. Uh, say, what? What's our insurance deductible? <laughs> <laughs> Which is better. <laughs> Yeah, it's 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 addressing it in the moment. It's not being duped with that surprise. Oh my gosh, I have to shove this thing that I found out back in their face because you're bringing it to me, you know? And I think that's so important. It's building trust even in the hard times because we know life is messy, shit happens, and it's important to be open and honest no matter what the circumstance. So, it's time to get into our blunder bunker. Okay. So I'm opening the hat. I'm crawling down the 52 steps down to an air-conditioned, separated air-breathing chamber with 42 years worth of frozen food. I put Vaseline on my hands and feet and I slide down <laughs> instead of climbing. <laughs> In here, I need to feel safe. How do I feel safe? I need you to listen to what I have to say. Right. First of all. So you're making your sonic confession and I'm making my sonic confession. I feel really bad about it, but also it's kind of funny. <laughs> <laughs> but you're not laughing because you know I'm not laughing that I'm probably I'm upset. Your... <laughs> <laughs> my surprise. <Yes. laughs> my spaghetti. <laughs> yes. So I need to hear you out. Yes. Ask you, how did this happen, perhaps? And what are we going to do about it? Let's be pragmatic in the situation instead of me being accusatory. And that's something that we we actually talked about recently. Like if you make a small mistake, like if you trip and I say, be careful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry I sneezed. <laughs> there are little things that come across as nagging that are just irritating over time when you're pointing out the obvious. Try not to be Captain Obvious in this moment. <laughs> Ask questions that are going to benefit both of you guys. So we co-own this vehicle. 
how did this happen? Because I have to report it to insurance. (laughs) (laughs) And what can we do to fix it? Have you ever been in this situation before? How quickly was this resolved? How much money do you estimate this is going to cost us? What do we need to do to budget this for the rest of the month? How much more quickly and less impact would it have on you if two people were working on that problem instead of one? Mm. And then same, same question, two people versus one person being yelled at slash reprimanded by the other person inherently slowing them down. Right. So not only do I have to deal with this thing that I did, um, I also have to deal with repairing our relationship and it's Mm. all the work then falls on me. That car thing that calling the insurance company that whatever you have to do then might take four five six days to deal with whereas it could be done in a couple hours if you would get on my side and we accomplish it together you know yeah. what i mean that is that is the point we are a team by the way this didn't happen just, just to clarify <laughs> I feel defensive for this imaginary car wreck. I didn't do it. In this imaginary wreck, did you fully take out the menu? Like, is the menu wedged into the mirror? I didn't tell Sonic and I drove off. (laughs) And I was... With your corn dog? I was listening to Nine Inch Nails, eating a corn dog, (laughs) drinking my drink, and I didn't talk to Sonic whatsoever. (laughs) Yeah. So I guess going back into bringing up little jabs in the moment, something to think about is how often do you bring up ancient history in your relationship? So if someone makes a mistake, saying the words, I knew you'd do that or Oh, classic. Or (laughs) (laughs) or or saying something along the lines of, wow, your dad does that. It's not a surprise that you do that too. Big whoop. You know, just like jabs that are intended to hurt the person in the moment so that you feel self-righteous. Nothing is getting accomplished in that moment. And that's like such an easy route to take. But it's kicking them while they're down. Yeah. Which (laughs) is not helpful ever. (laughs) Yeah. So... I knew you would drop that glass because you were flirting with the waitress at the steakhouse three weeks ago. (laughs) Was it all back? (laughs) (laughs) I think it's important to remember that this is a person that you love. You love them before they messed up. You should love them during and then you should extra love them after. Yeah, because they're being vulnerable in this moment. And also, though, I want to know, just because you're being vulnerable, it's not an excuse to continuously be shitty and then expect your partner to forgive you right off the bat. These are yes. things we're not saying that at all. We're just saying it's easier to have difficult conversations when majority of the time you've created a space where you're able to talk through these things without raising your voice or being accusatory. That's what we're getting at here. We have a few steps that are important to remember as you're going through this journey with your partner. So So step one is like we said, pretend you're their teammate, not the jury. So this is not a trial. Um, This is an opportunity for you to work together. And that opens up communication for the rest of these. And step two, giving your partner the benefit of the doubt. Think about questions like, 
did they really want to hurt their car? <laughs> Were they trying to Probably have a SBA one mirror car family? <laughs> most times it's most likely a no. And it again, going back to the trip example, even like they didn't mean to trip. Like they know they need to be careful. Sometimes whoopsies happen. Step um, three, ask for clarification. If you need more to the story, you know, like coming to you and saying, Hey, I did this thing that I know is bad, but being super vague about it is also not the way to go about it. So if you have questions, why did you do this thing? Or what was your headspace when you decided to back into the Sonic thing? If you have questions ask because this is a two way street, this isn't just instant forgiveness. Like what we said, making sure to go back to step two and not jumping to conclusions giving them the benefit of the doubt. You can ask for clarification without letting your imagination run wild and thinking of the worst possible reason why they were, you know, backing out of the Sonic because they were with someone that they weren't (laughs) supposed to be with. They were texting on Tinder or however that works. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So you can ask questions without them being accusatory questions. Um, And then I think step four, work on healing together after the confession. And I also want to know, work on healing yourself and talking about, you know, those journal exercises, having time to process the event that happened is important because then you might gain a different perspective of your own and you're able to communicate that maybe the next morning with your partner. Or if it's something that is more dire, like if you're dealing with let's say a cheating situation or a porn situation. If it's a reoccurring instance that you feel like you're not able to articulate your desires in the relationship or how these actions make you feel, counseling is an obvious next step. Getting a third party involved is always a great solution to help be that mitigator and help you problem solve. Yeah. So um, that's sort of the task or the description of what we're talking about for this month. Blunderbunker. Blunderbunker. Like Lindsay mentioned earlier, you can go about this different ways. And obviously we're still learning. We're new at this. This is our first episode. Little chats or little conversation starters if you wanted to go on this journey. Um, And then also if you find within any of these chats things that we might have left out. I have worked on trying to get voice messaging onto our podcast so you can send in a voice memo on this episode. You can also reply to the poll that I'm going to have underneath the episode. Let us know if it worked, if it was useful, should we change anything? So for a little chat or conversation starters, um, number one, have you ever been forgiven for a mess up? How did that forgiveness feel? So, you know, were you grateful? Were you maybe guilty because you you felt like what you did was bigger than the reaction you got. And you're like, oh my God, my wife is a saint for not making this a huge deal. That's a great way to start, right? What has worked in the past? What made you feel good in the past? And then doing a little bit of time travel for question number two, what was the best reaction that you've ever received from your partner? If you did have a blender, what can they use as a pattern? So an example I think of here is let's say we're having company over and I'm cooking lasagna. We get to chit chatting. We're having some cocktails and I burn the lasagna. You suggest very casually, let's just order pizza and it's no longer a big deal. 
that's you helping problem solve in a tumultuous seeming mm-hmm. situation. And that was really helpful as my partner. Number three is an inverse. So have you ever had an example of when your partner reacting negatively to a confession that you made? So you felt like you're coming to them, you know, I am going to lay all my cards out on the table and they're going to understand me. And they actually found, you know, they thought that it was a way bigger deal than what you were expecting. I think that happens a lot yeah. too. How did that feel in the moment? What did you do to work through that conflict? And what could you do better next time as a partner? Then number four, are there any blunders still standing in your relationship? Little things that keep getting brought up that you just need the air cleared. So think about tiny little secrets that you might be keeping. You know, did you accidentally spill wine on your partner's favorite blouse and (laughs) you haven't told them yet? Maybe now's the chance, you know, low stakes. Yeah. And then last one, how often do you talk about your blunders with each other? And this, this rolls into our whole philosophy of talk to your partner. How does it feel talking about these little mistakes? How does it feel talking about big mistakes? Are you seeing progress from these exercises? Yeah. And we love to hear from you guys. Yes. Like I said, working on the communication aspect, I've never done anything like this. So I'm hoping these voice memos work. Um, I know the polls work because I tested it. I'm excited to, you know, start getting into actual actionables with the audience. Yeah. And seeing community uh, activities. Yeah. They'll probably teach us something. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) Well, I think that about wraps it. Our first TTYP. WTF is TTYP. WTF is TTYP. (laughs) (laughs) Well, now, you know, as always, we appreciate you guys. Um, hope this was fun and helpful and educational. Look forward to hearing from you guys soon. Bye. Talk to you later. Bye. 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 Thank you so much for tuning into the show. Your support means the world to us. Thank you to our sponsors and advertising partners for helping to make the show possible. A special thanks to friends of the show, Odd Folks. If you like their music, you can find them on Spotify. All research and production of the show was done by your host, Cole and Lindsay. You can find our show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take it easy. This was a Beyond Belief production. Okay?